1: The girls. we on that haunted girls. The girls.
0: hey there spooksters and welcome back to another episode here on three spooked girls my name is jessica and as always i am joined by my favorite ghoul friend tara hey spooksters today we are doing the final episode of the Barbie and Ken killers. The final one. The final countdown. Do do do, do. Yeah, I'm actually <laughs> really excited for this to be done. Yeah. Mainly because like we've started OJ. Mm hmm. And I just want to be in OJ land.
1: No, I totally understand that. I had to make sure these notes were all done before I did my next week's episodes. OJ, because yeah. I was like, I just want to be dedicated to that case for that's my obsession right now. So I'm like, I have to finish this, and then I know, yes, scoot it over.
0: <laughs> so I was like, I just want to be fucking done. Okay, mm-hmm. but we're gonna do a quick recap, and then we're gonna talk about some shit with some people, Carla and Paul mainly. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> the yeah. only people. the only people involved in this case so as we know like in the last one paul has been sentenced to basically life in prison without the possibility of parole for at least Mm -hmm. 25 years
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: carla got 12 years because she sneaky snook and got herself a a plea deal which I think I kind of want to talk about right here before we go to her, because that's really the end of the recap, is that, like, they they did the murders, they went to trial. Yeah. Basically, people think there's a theory out there that Carla knew where the tapes were as well Mm -hmm. and didn't say anything so that she could, like, get the plea bargain.
1: Mm. And
0: then, because the how it all has kind of, like, come around is that Carla, she really benefited from those tapes not being seen because if she, if the tapes had been found before the plea deal had been, if the ink had dried before it dried on that Mm -hmm. plea deal, Carla would have gotten first-degree murder because, you know, she left out that she was involved in so many different things. And, yeah, so she went to (sighs) prison.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Again, she got 12 years because she, you know testified against paul that was part of her plea deal right we remember that paul's side of the paul's defense was like it was actually carla who killed the girls Mm -hmm. the whole big thing with that is that like paul's side was like she did it because she was jealous because he brought these girls home but really these two were just completely like fucked in the head there's no way around it facts She started serving out her sentence at the Kingston Prison for Women, Mm -hmm. but basically the first few years that she was in there, her mom started having these, like, health issues every year. Like, she started having these, like, nervous breakdowns. And Carla was like, I really want to get close to my mom. So later on, she's going to try, like, she does end up getting transferred, but she, like, tries to get transferred, like, closer to her mom. I get why her mom is having like a panic attack segment mm-hmm. during Christmas, Thanksgiving, and Christmas time because they like literally killed her around. They killed Tammy around Christmas, so like yeah, I was
1: like Christmas Eve. No, I don't remember.
0: Or like a little after. Right,
1: right, right. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think for Dorothy, who's her mom, like you have to think about the fact that like Thanksgiving during the '90s is when they started ramping up Christmas, mm-hmm. so. That would be really hard to, like, think about the fact that, like, your kid is is gone and that your other daughter is in prison Mm -hmm. and that, you know, Carla, I don't know if in the timeline this is where Carla, like, wrote her family and was like, hey, by the way, I helped with this. Like, you know, because Paul, I think that happened later before she got out, but, like, Dorothy is faced with two kids who are potentially no longer with her because Carla is locked up. Something I forgot to mention in the last episode is Carla and Paul actually like petitioned to change their names and they changed their last name to Teal. So she was Carla Teal or Leanne Teal for a bit. Mm. And they actually like got the petition to go through. And so their names had legally changed. Mm hmm. Here's something that like grinds my gears is that basically Carla got to go to Queen's University and get her master's degree in psychology while she was in prison.
1: Interesting.
0: right. She had to pay like she had a job at the prison. I don't know what it was, mm-hmm. but she had a job, but and she made about $69 every two weeks. and so that like helped to pay for her college education. Yeah, so she, hmm. you know, she got a bachelor's degree in psychology from Queen's University, and apparently it pissed a lot of people off, and it caused quite a, like, a media circus. Like, people were pissed. Yeah. Which is, like, rightfully so. Right. She would eventually move from Kingston, which is, like, more of, like, a high-security prison, to a medium-security mm-hmm. prison. hmm And it's the Joliette Institution in Jolette, in Quebec. And then she even tried to go and be transferred to like a halfway house type scenario while she was still serving out her sentence. So like in 1999, interestingly enough, though, she was sentenced like she was sentenced in 1995, which means technically by like 1998, 1999, she was up for parole after the three years, but she didn't initially apply for it. I guess she just, like, I don't know, we'll get to that in a minute. But I just thought that was an interesting fact.
1: Yeah.
0: The halfway house thing, it was denied. They were like, no, thank you. So, in regards to the letter I mentioned earlier, she writes that letter in 2008. Mm -hmm. Apologizing to her family. And she basically blamed Paul, saying... He wanted sleeping pills from her work. This is what she wrote in the letter. He wanted sleeping pills from work, threatened me, and physically and emotionally abused me when I refused. And I tried so hard to save her. We we know that's not the case. So this case is so, it, like, makes me so angry because mm-hmm. it's just, like, this dude who's totally fucked up in the head. And I don't know. Just It makes me so mad.
1: Oh, no, for sure, for sure.
0: So, Carla is no longer incarcerated, just so that y'all know. On June 2nd, 2005, so 10 years, almost her 12 years, she was basically, she had a two-day hearing and she would be released on July 4th, but she had conditions upon her release. The judge wasn't just going to be like, bitch, bye. So the first, there's nine of them. The first condition is that she had to tell police her address, her home address, her work address, and who lives with her. They needed to know everything. Two, she was required to notify police as soon as anything changed. So she moved, got a new job. She had to alert the police. Three, she was likewise required to notify the police of any changes to her name, which we know she has already done because she went Mm -hmm. from Carla to Lingyanne. Four, if she planned to be away from her home for more than 48 hours, she had to give 72-hour notice. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. Five, she could not contact Paul Bernardo, the families of Leslie or Kristen or any of the women. So like Jane Doe, she couldn't contact her. And she wasn't allowed to be in contact with any violent criminals. But that's pretty standard. Mm-hmm. I think, like, maybe the whole, like, you can't contact Paul and you can't contact, like, the families. Because a lot of times, like, when people get out, they seek, like, forgiveness from the family. Mm -hmm. So they'll, like, try to reach out. But she was told no, no. She is forbidden to be with any person under the age of 16. She was forbidden from consuming drugs of any kind other than prescription medicine. She was required to continue therapy and counseling. And she was required to provide the police with a DNA sample. If she violated any of those nine, she would get a two-year prison sentence. Mm. I wonder if it was, like, if you... Maybe if she did, like, four, she'd get, like, eight years. I don't know. Dare to dream. Like I said, she was released on July 4th, and she pretty much immediately did an interview like right away Mm -hmm. and she did it in French because in Canada, they are bilingual and French is their other language. Cause I believe French like where she was at French was like the native language. Mm. She told the reporter that she chose radio Canada because she found it to be less sensationalist. I think that's how I say that word because it was in French than than if it was in English. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. I just like, to me, that's like a weird thing. You get out of prison and you're like, let's sit down with somebody. And yeah. <laughs> those nine restrictions or conditions that she had did not stay on her very long. Because by November 30th of 2005, those were lifted by a judge. So she could basically do whatever she wanted. Crazy. that on so then in 2007 carla got married oh carla has again changed her name mm-hmm. her name is emily Timberley. tim i don't know how to say it correctly it's tremblay i think that's how we say mm-hmm. it she fun fact she married the brother of her defense attorney and after they got married they moved to guadalupe for a while So she straight moved to South America and they lived there for several years. And then she moved back after that. She lives in Quebec and she has three kids. (sighs) And that makes me really sad because here's a woman who destroyed at least three families that we know of and was married to a man who destroyed lots of lives but don't feel too bad because there's literally whole groups of people who stalk her and they post about her online all of the time
1: interesting
0: they don't want her to slink back into society
1: Mm, i got you
0: and live a quiet life they want her Mm. front and center so that people And I'm of two minds because I'm like, okay, she served her time, which was way, way, way too fucking short. And she's got kids. That's the only kind of thing I really take pause about is that people do this with her kids there. Mm. She'll be picking the kids up from school and people will like shout things at her and take pictures of her and upload them to the internet. However, she did help kill three people and got away with it, basically. Mm -hmm. 10 years in prison is not a lot for killing three people it's not enough no by any stretch even if like i have this like really strong feeling like she i don't even know how to say this the right way so i'm just gonna say it and hopefully it makes sense i understand like the brainwashing like you get caught up in it and he and paul kills one person
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you know and you're like i don't know what to do and then like you get out but, like, three people, but the first one was your sister. Right. Just. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so she's a suburban house mom now with a psychology degree, and I don't I don't think she's living necessarily the happiest of existence in public.
1: Well, that's what happens.
0: That's what happens when you kill people. People will fuck with you for the rest of your life, and don't really feel sorry for her.
1: No, I don't either. I feel
0: sorry for her kids because they didn't ask for that. No. But not so much for her. Ugh, yeah, no. So tell us about what Paul is up to these days or Mm. has been up to since 1995.
1: Yes, well, he's obviously been incarcerated this whole time. But fun fact we're going to start with. So when I went to go look up some more fun facts about Paul here, Mm -hmm. So there's this thing called the Psychopathy Checklist, which is a test. I love that. Literally, like, all the heavy hitters, like, the big people get it, right? Meaning, like, Dahmer, Gacy, Ridgway, Bundy, Eileen, everybody, right? Well, him and Carla also took this. Interesting. Yes. So, he got 35 out of 40 on this psychopath checklist, yes. Which means, like, all those people I mentioned, minus Bundy. So, literally, he scored higher than Dahmer. He scored higher than Gacy. He scored higher than Gary Ridgway, the Green River Killer. He scored higher than Eileen Warnos. Damn. The ones he didn't was, you know, like, literally Bundy is one of them that was obviously higher. He was 39 out of 40. Oh, damn. Yeah. Toy Box Killer was also higher like that. And there was a few other ones. It's actually like extremely interesting as far as that goes. But yeah, if you want to look into that, definitely do. I'm not going to like try to go through all of it. But basically, it's like they'll give this to people, obviously, to see if they have the personality traits of a psychopath. But it's mainly because it's, like, they need this or they use this to kind of, like, separate people who aren't psychopaths but have, like, antisocial personality disorder. Got it. And things like that. Yes.
0: So what you're saying is that, like, he was basically, like, a B-plus sociopath.
1: I mean, 35 out of 40, yeah, that's pretty high. 87%. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Sorry. (laughs) <laughs> it kind of reminds me of my own life when I told a certain person that, like, out of the nine narcissistic traits, you only had to have five and or you needed five. And he goes, well, I only have five. <laughs> my ex for all of those who are wondering.
1: But, yeah, basically, <laughs> they take these 20 different, like, items and aspects. So, like, lack of remorse or guilt, pathological lying, stuff like that. And they've got 20 of them, right? Mm-hmm. And it just does, they do it on like a number type scale, basically. The cutoff label for psychopathy is 30 in the United States oh. and 25 in the UK. Oh, it's lower a threshold. A cutoff score, right? And a cutoff score, a cutoff score of 25 is also sometimes used for research purposes. So, Yeah. He, he definitely, he's not even just like barely a psychopath. Yes, I mean, sound. obviously we know he is. He is up there. But I found that super interesting. And for any other psych nerds, there you go. But like I said, Carla only got five and she was classified as a malignant narcissist. Shocker. <laughs> so that other person would also be that. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Yes. And while in prison, Paul was a little bit busy. He was said to be the instigator in nine incidences over 20 years in bars. So like every couple years we fucking shit up. And he faced nine institutional charges and was found guilty four times in 1999 for disobeying the rules. And these incidents also include a minor disturbance that caused inmates to throw trays, make threats in 1998, and involvement in a confrontation, so fight, between two offenders in 2006.
0: She's Paul, you're just out here being the worst of the worst.
1: Yes, and you guys might have seen him kind of like popping up more in headlines lately because they have been going back and forth since 1999, 14 times to be exact, to try to get Paul moved from, I think it's called Millhaven, so the max security prison, down to a lower security prison. We'll talk about that in a moment.
0: absolutely not. He does not need general oh, well, people.
1: Let me piss you off more. Okay. Oh, it, it happened this year. It finally was granted, but we will get to that.
0: Is it because he's old now? I mean, he's really not that old. He's in his 50s.
1: That's not that old. <laughs> if you see a picture of him, like, he looks healthy. So he would probably go out and do this more. So, okay. One of the tools and... I had no idea about this, that the correction system uses is basically when they're trying to see like what the risk level is. It's called Mm -hmm. the security reclassification scale. And it said since 1999, this scale produced a score that recommended Paul be classified as medium security. That recommendation was overridden 13 times to keep him in there. So since
0: 1999, it's been recommended that he be a medium security.
1: Well, it's not recommended. Well yes or like yes. Technically. Okay. Technically. Because yeah. but then they override it and they're like, no, fuck you, you're not going anywhere.
0: Right. So he like tests into medium. But like dude instigates four shits in like Yeah. A twelve month span and they're like, It's cool, let's just let him like, you know, manipulate people into a riot and a medium security and we'll just End up having the orange is the new black.
1: Literally, like one of the quotes I have in here, like when they're talking about why to keep him, they said Paul needed, quote, significant security measures and restrictions on movement. They all fucking knew. That's literally what the report said. Like, why the fuck are you going to be like, okay, never mind. (laughs) What?
0: Well, he probably like tried to manipulate, he probably manipulated the
1: test. Oh uh, well, that and then like with all those fights and things like that. He mm-hmm. is he living in the do as I say, not as I do. No, <laughs> it's era that of his life. apparently it was presented that he was a victim in a lot of these incidences. Oh, mm-hmm.
0: where have we heard that story from Paul before?
1: And not only that, but he was classified in prison as a conformist. Which means he's been a victim of attempted and actual assaults, but not engaged in violence against other offenders or staff.
0: Uh, So so he being the bitch. Oh, I like it.
1: But no, that's what they that so that was like their you know on Paul's side that was their argument was that you know no yes I did all these horrible violent murders but I am different now I'm not attacking people they're attacking me like I'm that's really literally sorry. what he's fucking saying. Part of me is like, oh boy, you have some fucking
0: nerve to be like, you know what? I killed at least three people, possibly more that you don't know about. But you know what? Angel baby I'm in here being- t- I'm being abused
1: yeah'm oh, i sorry oh, sir. i grabbed I grabbed a snippet from an article, uh-huh, so in ninety five they found a razor blade in his cell when he was in solitary in Kingston, Penn, and charges were laid late and later withdrawn after a weapon was found in his cell in twenty eighteen. At Millhaven Institution, it was like a shank situation.
0: Is it because he's the victim and he's got to protect himself? Probably. But you guys can tell I really give no fucks about
1: Paul. No, what a fucking like asshole to put it lightly. But okay, so the thing is, like I said, he got moved, right? Hmm. So they actually okay. I I found a couple like articles. That kind of just gave us a good overview on that. So basically this year, the news broke in June, actually, that he was moved, but they did it in May and they kept it all under wraps.
0: I don't like that. No. Very shady and I don't like it.
1: Yes. So they were saying he would be moved from Millhaven Institution to Medium Security, La Macaza Institution in Quebec. Quote, the review committee concluded that the decision to reclassify Paul Bernardo to Medium and transfer him to La Macaza were sound and followed all applicable laws and policies. I want to be clear that at any point, an inmate can be returned to a higher security level if deemed necessary to ensure the safety of the public or our institutions. And basically, all of Canada was upset. Warranted. Rightfully
0: so, Canada.
1: And apparently they also gave a very last minute flippant heads up to the victim's families that he was being moved.
0: I'm going to put this out there. If Canada is upset.
1: You know you're done fucked up because they're nice peoples. Mm-hmm. And in his review to be transferred and all that, so you can see, like you guys can look stuff up for all this if you are interested in knowing, like super, super detailed. So basically he filed to transfer to this place back in November of 2022. He had applied earlier in the year to be moved to Bath Institution in Ontario, but was rejected. But basically it seems like they were arguing that he would have to be placed at a more structured medium security environment with greater restrictions on offender movement within the institution. It was noted that the offender, following denial of his application to transfer to Bath Institution earlier in 2022, had subsequently fully integrated with his range, with no noted security concerns with his integration. Given his lack of integration was largely the reason for his transfer denial, the CMT case management team agreed to review his transfer request to La Macaza Institution. And La Macaza was identified by Bernardo's CMT to be compatible with his profile as the institution can accommodate high-profile offenders as well as offenders serving time for sexual offenses. It was noted that La Macaza Institution will not provide Bernardo with any increased access to the community as he would be housed behind a secure controlled perimeter and his movements and associations would be regulated and monitored. Additionally, it was noted, La Macaza offers programming suited for Bernardo's program needs, specifically the sex offender maintenance program.
0: I'm just, they described a prison. They're like, the facility fits the requirements because he's kept behind a wall. Yeah, that's called fucking prison. Yeah. Even low-security prisons... It's still a Even like a county jail. You're not allowed to just
1: roam free. No. (laughs) The fuck? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what's going on with Paul. Oh, Paul. And his bitch ass. And that's really all I cared to share because he's trash. But oh my gosh. So we can move on to media real quick before we kind of wrap things up. I kind of just made like a list of everything of a lot of stuff I found. Can I just like read them real quick to you? Do, please do. Okay. So they did a lot of TV. So Law and Order, like regular Law and Order. Mm -hmm. There's an episode called Fools for Love, season 10. Law and Order SVU. That makes a lot of sense. Was damaged from season four and pure from season six. Close to home. Truly, Madly, Deeply, Season 2. The Inspector Lindley Mysteries, it says 2007's Know Thine Enemy, We're all mm. inspired by that case. And also, because of that gag reel Jessica talked about in episode, I think, like, three, mm-hmm. Fools for Love could not be shown on Canadian television when it aired on February 23rd, 2000. Oh. Yeah. The second episode of The Mentalist, it has to do or is inspired by this case. Oh. Yes. There is a Criminal Minds episode, which I'm sure you're mm-hmm. familiar with. Yes. I am. It's the Bonnie mm-hmm.
0: and clyde mm one.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It says it's called Mr. and Mrs. Anderson. So. Yeah, like, it's a fucked up episode. Interesting. There was multiple documentaries done. They made that movie. Was it a movie or series called? Carla?
0: I don't know. I think it might have been a Or did series. it not
1: happen? Like, I'm confused, because it says 2004, but I thought this was, like, a more recent thing, but maybe No, just there kidding. was an
0: older one. It was a movie. <laughs> there was a movie that was older, yeah.
1: Oh. Okay. Well, I never watched that, obviously.
0: I did not either.
1: And, of course, one of the newer ones is The Lost Tapes, the ones we've talked about. Mm-hmm. That's on HBO Max or Discovery Plus, whichever one you guys have probably other places too but that one i liked it it was really good also did you know that no i've never watched this
0: documentary because uh uh-huh. i i don't think i could i wouldn't be able to but apparently she is on a segment of don't fuck with cats
1: <gasps> is she
0: and the fact that luca i guess the guy on mm-hmm. there was like mm-hmm. obsessed with her Ew. Well, I mean, if you're a crazy person, you might be obsessed with a crazy person. Yeah. Definitely, I like the Criminal Minds episode because it's like, it's more of like they reference it, mm-hmm. but like the storyline is very like these newlyweds get married and they like basically go on an alcohol fueled killing spree mm-hmm. across the country to like confront her dad mm. who had done some bad things to her and then they kill the dad.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think we're done now.
0: Oh, thank God.
1: <laughs> like, you guys don't understand the
0: struggle. Like, Tara and I were like, I don't want to do this. We're done with them. <laughs> I oh, just, I gosh. really was like, I know, like, we're getting into the, like, OJ really in-depth. And, you know, we're kind of doing this different format for a while where mm-hmm. we're kind of making it multi-parter so that we can dive deeper into it. And we really hope mm-hmm. you like it. You know, I know this wasn't our longest episode, but it kind of just couldn't fit on the end of the other one.
1: No, wraps us up nicely.
0: (laughs) It's just like, it's so weird, like the whole dynamic of these two. And so I'm glad to put it to bed so that we don't have to talk about it. And just FYI, (laughs) on on September 12th, the Barbie movie is coming out on streaming services that you can purchase. So if you want to live a different Barbie life, you can. Mm -hmm. next Tuesday cool (laughs) anyway so with that we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode we will see you back here on Monday for another installment of our OJ series strap in it's going to be an OJ month yes it is we'll see you then guys bye toodles